Hey there, Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And something I wanted to let you know about is a brand new podcast, a podcast that I was lucky enough to be guest number one. It is called Resilient Real Estate Investing. Do me a favor, go check it out. Just in the last couple of weeks, not only has my episode aired, but you heard from a syndicator who spent eight years in prison. You've heard from a movie theater operator who has had their side hustle produce 20 properties. Future episodes will record around the Roofstock's head coach, a college student evaluating properties, and of course, an army recruiter who discovered private money. Again, do me a favor, check out Resilient Real Estate Investing. On with the show. And these are the five things that I think you need to know about the financial news. Number one, we need to talk about active inventory right? We are in the housing market. There's a lot going on. We have folks like John Burns Real Estate Consulting calling for a 20% crash. We've got, what was it? I was going to say Reuters, but that's not right. There's, you know, 12%. I'm here sitting at flat. We've got Realtor.com talking about 5%. I actually believe in the moment, it is far more important for us to look at inventory. I believe inventory will then lead to understanding what happens with price. For example, if inventory doubles or triples, then you know what? We are going to have a housing crash in price a la John Burns. However, if we look at housing inventory and it stays where it's at or goes down for some reason, very hard to see how we are going to have price deterioration, at least meaningful price depreci- or depreciation. Now, again, this is not talking about Phoenix or Vegas or Austin or any market where iBuyers did dumb stuff. If you're in a market dominated by iBuyers, congratulations. They are about to go bankrupt and you can go get great deals. We have had many, many followers on this channel realize that if you write offers that are on 60 days or older, you can steal stuff. These are non-emotional sellers. These aren't mom and dad homeowners whose kids were raised in this house. This is somebody looking at a spreadsheet saying, we've got to get rid of that. So if you're in one of those markets, write disrespectful offers and go get great deals. But those aren't most of the country. So I had a update from John Wake, a great follow on Twitter. If you follow him on Twitter, let him know you came from one rental at a time because I'd love to have him back on the show. He is a great interview and full of information. Here we go. Active listings as of yesterday, down 2.6% week on week. Yes, folks. In one week, active listings went down 2.6. These are national numbers. But you know what? Let's look at existing inventory compared to last year, the year before, and let's include 2019. Wouldn't it be interesting to look at today compared to the last time we had a normal market before the Fed broke housing? Before the pandemic, I think that would be very interesting. So here we go. 
comparing today's inventory count with one year ago, we are up 56%. That's a, that's a big number, 56%. How about two years ago? Two years ago, we are up 14%. But you know what? I am most interested in 2019. 2019 was before the Fed broke housing. It was before iBuyers did dumb things. It was, it was a market where I was a seller. If you were watching my channel, I sold an apartment building in late 2019 because I thought we were going into a recession. Little did I know, I lost a couple hundred grand because I sold early. Oops. But here we go. Inventory today is 34% below 2019. Yes, folks, we called a housing crash in transactions. We are now down roughly 30% across the country. I believe we will be under 4 million. We called it here first. Now others like FHA and others are calling for the same things. We are in a housing depression. Transactions are going to go down 40 or 50%. Building is going to go down 30, 40, 50%. We are, housing will pull the country into a recession in 2023. I believe the most important question uh, about housing is where is inventory in six or nine months? And we will talk about that in a minute. So again, active inventory up 56% from last year, but down 34% from 2019. John Wake, thank you for the data. Uh, I thought that was an amazing uh, data set you put out there. Next, UBS. UBS made a very, I'll call it, interesting call on the 10-year note. I want to make sure I have it correct. Uh, the research analyst, John Lavallo, L-A-V-A-L-L-O. Hopefully I said that correct. I probably didn't. But anyways, what is important is John from UBS Research is saying that he believes the 10-year note has peaked. And in 2023, we will see a cycle low of 2.65. Think about what that means. If the 10-year note falls all the way to 2.65, John is saying it would not be unrealistic for us to have a 30-year mortgage at 4.5. We're not talking 5.5. We're talking 4.5. Now, let me be very, very clear. I believe John is wrong. That is not my call, but I love to bring data sets that are outside of my comfort zone. I like to read things that are different than I believe. So again, ask yourself, what happens in the market, right? Whether it's housing or the stock market. If the 10-year note goes to 2.65 and 30-year debt goes to 4.5 next year. First question is, what's going on in the economy? The economy must be in a recession. I would argue the world economy needs to be in a recession. That is the only reason I believe the Fed will give up on inflation and whack rates that aggressively. 
So let's put some numbers on this. If we're in a recession, GDP is down, I don't know, pick a number, 2%. Unemployment's gone from 3.7 in the U.S. to 5.2. I'm just making these up. And we have a 10-year note at 6.5. And we have 30-year mortgage at 4.5. What happens to housing? What happens to stocks? I don't know what happens to stocks. My guess is we're kind of risk on, but I, I don't know what, but what happens to housing? Let me be very clear. If the mortgage rate, call it by June or July, is four and a half percent, my call on four million or less transactions is wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. We will do something like five million. So it's not what I believe, but again, it's something to consider. So like I say, I like to read both sides. So this is what I guess I would call a bullish call on the 10-year, right? Rates down, price up. Uh, who said this? I didn't write it down. Silly me. Anyways, there was another analysis. Oh, this was a Wolf, Wolf Street. Wolf Street. Um, I think I saw this on Twitter, I think. Wolf Street is saying, you know what? What's happening in the 10-year note is nothing more than a bear market rally. What does that mean? Well, we have seen the 10-year note fall, or the rate, the 10-year note rate, fall from roughly 4.6 to 3, what is it, 3.5 today, something like that. So it's down over a point. What Wall Street is saying is basically, hey, enjoy the rally. It's a short time. Santa Claus rally, we are going higher. So it's kind of the opposite call of UBS. This is why I read both sides. Again, Wolf Street is saying it's nothing more than a bear market bounce. We're going higher. Now, what do I think? After reading these articles and more like them, I believe what Wolf Street is missing, in my opinion, is last week, I believe, the Fed took 6 and 7% terminal rate off the table. I believe a lot of the collapse that we are seeing is margin compression or risk being reduced. Banks are, you know, we're over 3%, 2.8% on a historically 1.7, 1.8 spread. I believe the Fed took off the upper bound, right? The upper bound, James Bullard, 7%. That is now off the table. I believe we are now looking at an upper bound of five and a half. My call is five. Some people are calling four and a half. So we, we have our range. So what I believe what Wolf Street is missing is we've now have an upper bound of five and a half, not seven. So the risk premium is being collapsed. What do I think UBS has wrong? So I think, I think UBS or um, Wolf Street's wrong. And then UBS. I think UBS is being too cavalier. I think UBS is missing inflation is worse or more structural than they believe. I believe UBS is in the camp of Kathy Wood, Elon Musk, must slash rate, the world is ending, recession, depression. I don't see it that way. I believe the stuff inflation is rolling off quickly and will be done by March or April. I believe the housing inflation, which again, I'm calling flat for five years, will boil, will come off in the next six to 12 months. However, I believe the wage inflation and spiral has just begun. 
I believe we have a structural changing of the worldwide economy from globalization to deglobalization, and that is expensive. So I see inflation being sticky at 4%. So I believe the Fed will keep the funds rate or the terminal rate above 4% until that is done. So I don't, I don't agree with either of these, but I thought it was worthwhile. Let me know what you think. Do you think the 10-year note goes higher like Wolf Street, or do you think the 10-year crashes because the world economy is blowing up? We're going to go into the next Great Depression. Let me know what you think. You can leave comments below. So let's talk about housing. If you've been watching my channel, I've been very accurate thus far about what's going on in the housing market. First, we had demand destruction. Now we're having supply destruction. And I've said that the end of the second phase is March 15th, 2023. So the question I have for March 15th, 2023 is where will 30-year mortgage rates be? On March 15th, will they be four and a half, like UBS is calling? Or may they be seven and a half, like Wolf Street is proposing? I would argue that's important, and I don't know. I think 30-year mortgage is somewhere between it. I don't know if it's closer to four and a half or closer to seven and a half. So that is something that I'm thinking about. Next, what is going on with U.S. unemployment? We are currently sitting at 3.7. We just had a month of 263,000 jobs creation. There is no question we have to go negative, probably 100 to 150,000 a month to really catch the Fed's attention. We are nowhere close to that today. We have a participation rate that is still falling. It ticked down again last month. So where is unemployment? Is unemployment on March 15th above four and a half or below? If it's below four and a half, I don't think the Fed cares. If it's above four and a half in roughly four months, I think they care. And then lastly, what is going on in the worldwide economy? Is the worldwide economy still bumping along with a positive number? Or has the worldwide economy gone negative? I think China's in a recession. I think Europe's in a recession. Shoot, I think the United States is in a recession. But who knows? Maybe deglobalization, you know, there's more infrastructure and more jobs and more manufacturing. And I don't know. But these are the three things I'm asking in fourth and final, like we talked about in point number one. Where is inventory? Does active inventory explode higher because everybody's afraid for their job and they're going to go move back with mom and dad? Or is active inventory down because people are buying housing again because it's sub 5%? I think active inventory come March 15th is very, very important. And I sit here today in December and I don't know, but those are the things that I'm looking at. And, you know, we're going to be talking about that a lot heading to March 15th. And then again, cash. One of the things you've been watching my channel and many of my experts, we have all been stacking cash for the last year. Most of us now are deploying it. We may be early. In fact, we probably are. But we are buying great deals. We are buying deals from motivated sellers. So again, folks, one rental at a time is a contrarian investor. When all of the people go one direction, like limited partners in syndications, like Airbnb arbitrage, people that think 
That's the easy way to go. I go the other way. Right now, again, I think it was Yahoo Finance said 87%. Uh, I'm sorry, they actually said 13% of home buyers think it's a good time. I translate that to 87% are sitting on the sideline. So I'm writing disrespectful offers today. We've got two deals done. I close the second one tomorrow. I have to wire money tomorrow morning for the second deal. They're out there. They're on the MLS. So take a look. And then, folks, at 9 o'clock today, I'm publishing my update for my goals, something I'm going to be doing at least twice a month, is sharing with you my exact goals of what's going on in my business, what is going on with Olivia and I. So take the, take a look at that. It's scheduled to go at 9 o'clock. I would love to get your feedback on my goals and activity. Remember, you are a big part of it. So let's congratulate a couple of people. Chris, congratulations for getting your next deal. And Mark, congratulations for getting a golden ticket and your first deal. These are things that are on my goals. I need to hear from you when you get your next deal and your first deal because we are tracking both of these. You can see that on my goal spreadsheet. And then Carl, sorry, it took me a little while, but Carl, uh, you came out to see us in Fresno, California. You flew all the way from Florida to see the event. So your autograph books are going in the mail, one for you, one for your son. Uh, so I appreciate you. And then lastly, I just launched today my second YouTube channel called ORAT Shorts. ORAT stands for, of course, one rental at a time. Please do me a favor, give back. Go to ORAT Shorts and subscribe. What I'm going to do, because I believe YouTube is going to invest in shorts, I'm going to create a second channel dedicated to, to shorts only, and then we're going to only post one or two shorts on my main channel. But again, I'm going to try to grow ORAT Shorts to at least 10,000 subscribers in the next 13 months. So please go to that channel, hit subscribe. I would greatly appreciate it. Show me some love. Have an amazing day. It is Monday. Greg Dickerson is coming back. We're going to talk to him today. And just so we're clear, it was my family travels. We had I was gone for two Mondays. Several of you reached out and said, hey, where's Greg? I was on an airplane two Mondays in a row. That's why Greg and I didn't talk. So take care. I look forward to talking to Greg in a few minutes. Bye-bye.